you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Well, very, very uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. For Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for joining us online as well. I know many of you are, are out there. If you have a Bible, you can take that and turn to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to kick off the message in verses 1 to 7 uh, tonight. Um, needless to say, this has been a difficult Christmas to celebrate. None of us has ever experienced a pandemic in the middle of the holidays, but this year we have. Christmas with COVID has been difficult. It's not what we've been used to. Um, But uh, Christmas has proven itself to be greater than the virus. You know, these days people are searching. They've been searching for a lot of things that Christmas points us to. Hope and joy and, and peace and love and and they're asking questions. You know, our lives have been turned upside down. There's been a lot of things that, that we haven't been able to do, things that we're missing in our life. And so people are asking, well, what is life? You know, what, what is it all about? Um, and so, you know, we, we go to Christmas and it points us right to the answers for those kinds of questions. It points us to real life. It points us to abundant life, a life that goes on forever. So let's read about what it's all about here in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn." Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a treasure it is to read your word about the events of this night that we celebrate. We think of it once a year, maybe more than that, but at this time of year we really focus in on what you've given and the the joy that it brings our life and the, the peace the hope and the love. And tonight, Lord, we, we pray that it would bring life. Life to hearts that are hurting and weighed down and heavy. Life to those that are feeling like life is too big for them, too much of a burden. We pray you would be very real in here, in our, in our place of worship, and in, in homes, wherever people are watching, that your presence would be felt near to each heart as we celebrate you in your gift of love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, life, it truly is a miracle. 
And it, it is a miracle. Those Bible verses are very familiar to us. We read them, especially at this time of year, we read them again. And we're, we're reminded what this, this celebration is all about. This is about the birth of a very special baby. So February 3rd, 1992. August 22nd, 1994. August 4th, 1990. Thank you. October 4th, 1997. November 4th, 2000. December 7th, 2007. Huh? December 8th? Okay, somewhere around about each one of those dates are the birthdays of my kids. And it's on those dates that I should remember where I got to see the miracle of life. You know, I was there when each one of the kids were born, believe it or not. <laughs> and, and I saw them take their first breath, and I heard them make their first sounds. So I witnessed the miracle of life. It was, it was amazing. So for the sake of accuracy, I know that life begins nine months before that in the womb, and mom gets to experience Life, all those nine months, well, when the babies start forming and kicking in there. But dad doesn't really get to experience the miracle of life until the delivery room. I mean, that's when it all comes home for dad. And so every time our kids were born, and I, I witnessed that miracle of life. Um, so then, once the baby then is uh, brought home, you know, and the nights get longer and the diapers start getting used, the miracle of life maybe might not seem so miraculous anymore. And so this dream we had of child, you know, and, and as they grow up and, you know, all, all these things we think are going to be so amazing and miraculous maybe aren't quite so much. And what we see maybe is more pain, more difficult. And it has a searching, searching for that, what, what life is all about. So there's confusion about this life thing. Um, life what is life? It's a confusing question. At this very moment, all around the world, there's this search for the good life. And people are trying to find it. And I want to make just a few observations about how we try to do that based on how we spend our money. So some think that life is all about fighting death. You know, it's all about eating healthy and exercising regularly. Um, Living healthy. I, and those are important things. I try to do them all. Mostly bad, but I try to do them all. Sometimes I'm better at, at, at others. Um, but but is, is, is fighting death really what life is, is all about? Cit U.S. citizens spent $1.5 billion on vitamins and supplements. That's a lot of money to spend on vitamins and supplements. And then here comes a study that says vitamins really don't do us any good. In fact, they could actually hurt us. Life is so confusing. <laughs> it's so confusing. And some out there are working hard to play hard. You know, so life is all about the fun experiences we can have and, the, and the, you know, taking our family on vacations and, or going on an amazing honeymoon or you know, whatever it might be. Lots of energy spent planning and preparing for that vacation. And then we go on the vacation and it rains and it ruins the whole schedule. 
Or, you know, our sports world. Our sports world is huge in our lives, right? Americans spend $8 billion on sports apparel alone. And then we go to the game, or we watch it, and our team loses. Or worse yet, our team wins, and we high-five, and then we're left with this emptiness. You know, like, when's it coming back? Life is so confusing. Some are trying to find life in the things that they can buy. And of course, Christmas is prime buying time. And this year, COVID tried to mess with Black Friday. But no, no, no. We just decided to set an online sales record of $9 billion on Black Friday instead. And then we followed that up with a $10.8 billion uh, Cyber Monday. So, you know, COVID doesn't win again. We work hard at Christmas to get the present thing right. You know, we work at buying the right present, getting the right thing. And, you know, kids are excited. Tomorrow morning we'll get up early. We'll unwrap these presents in a matter of moments and life begins. Except we forgot the batteries or that toy that we worked so hard to get that was so hard to get breaks in an hour or whatever. And we just kind of sit there in the middle of all that wrapping paper and go, is this what it's all about? Life is so confusing. Now, I am just making observations here. No judgments about what's right or wrong and all of that. Okay, don't hear any of that. This is just how we try to find life. We're running down these trails. And every single one of those trails ends with an unsatisfying, unfulfilling, confusing end. So, tonight, I am going to clear up the confusion. I'm clearing clearing up the confusion. I'm going to tell you exactly where you can find life. In fact, I'm going to show you. You you may not be able to see at home, but there's a nativity over there. And right in the center of the nativity, you can find life. Jesus is the source of life. In uh, April of 2013, I had the opportunity to, to go to India for the first time. And I spent a couple weeks over there. And this ended up being the main message, that Jesus is life. I mean, when you go to India, there's a lot of people who have never even heard of Jesus, let alone what he's done for them. And so I went everywhere I went. I taught them that. Jesus is life. And I had them repeat it back to me. Jesus is life. And so, as we stand at the side of the manger looking in tonight, that is what I want us to walk away with. A personal knowledge that Jesus is life. Now, you, you might be wondering, you know, with all this confusion about life, all these ways we're spending money to try to figure out life, how can he be so sure that he has the answer to this question, <laughs> where you can find real life? I mean, isn't he a little bit cocky going around the world telling people the answer to life? Well, I can promise you that I am not the sharpest pencil in the drawer. But you don't have to be to have confidence to answer this question. I get my confidence from two places. The words of Jesus and my walk with Jesus. He said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now to call yourself the life is kind of a deep thing to say. You know, I think we've all maybe heard the expression when we're doing something awesome. This is the life. You know, this is it right here. Uh, but I don't think anybody has ever said, except Jesus, I am the life. John 10.10, he he takes it even further and he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so he's speaking about those who would follow him, those who would believe in him. 
So Christmas Eve, it's the perfect time to try and clear up all this confusion about life uh, because we're celebrating Jesus' birthday and he's the one who is the source of life. So during his lifetime, he said some things about why he came that will help explain his words that I, that when he said, I am the life. So in Luke 19, uh, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Jesus said, He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to rescue us. Now his parents, Mary and Joseph, they knew his purpose from the day they were told he was coming. Most of us, we spend a decent amount of time trying to figure out our kids' names. But Mary and Joseph, they were told what to name their firstborn son. An angel came to them and said, you need to call the boy Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. In Hebrew, his name means God is salvation. So Jesus' name, his purpose, his mission, they're all very clear from the very beginning of his life. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. He came to rescue us from our sins. Now, of all of the, all of the problems in our life, I mean, of all of them, think of all of the problems in your life, if you could rank them on, you know, one to whatever, sin would always be number one. It would always be, it's the worst problem that we've got in our lives. I mean, you might think that COVID, you know, is up there somewhere, but, you know, COVID doesn't hold a candle to sin. <laughs> or the other way around. Well, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> COVID doesn't hold a candle to sin. Sin is our biggest problem. Now, sin, you can think of it like, sin is like COVID in that we can think of it as a virus, you know, but we don't catch it by breathing it in. We're actually born with the sin virus. We're born with this thing. So it's our human nature. We're just prone to sin. We're prone to do things that steal life away from us. And when we sow that, that, that sin in our life, when we sow that seed of sin in our life, the only fruit that you get from sowing sin is death, the great enemy of life. In Romans 6, verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death. In his book, The Glorious Mess, Mike Howerton tells this story about when he was a kid playing mud football. He says, after a huge downpour, he and his neighborhood buddies found this gully filled with two inches of water. He said, we had a blast. Every tackle sent you sliding for yards and yards. The ball was like a greased pig. That meant tons of fumbles, gang tackles, tons of laughter. I remember tackling one of my friends and watching him slide across the top of the water for what seemed like four miles. And then when he got up, I noticed something was on his shoulder. And I looked a little closer at it, and I thought, what is that? See, we were playing right next to this huge concrete sewage runoff drain, right next to the gully. And apparently, during heavy rains, all sorts of things back up. I don't know if a pipe burst somewhere or not, but I, I do know this. We didn't really pay attention to what was floating around in the water when we started our game. I peered a little closer to my friend's shoulder and realized that what was on it was a soaking wet piece of toilet paper. And all of a sudden, I realized that the smell that was so pungent around me was a little bit stronger than the normal mud football game is. And I immediately yelled, you guys, we're playing in poop water. And we bolted for home as fast as as we could. That is a really good description of what it's like when sin is having its way in your life. 
You think you're having a great time. But all the while, it's like playing around in the sewage. Jesus came to rescue us from that kind of life. He offers us something way better than that. It is the opposite extreme from playing in, in a flood of sewage to playing in the waves of the ocean. Going from a life consumed with gratifying our selfish desires to living a life that's satisfying God's desires. It's like night and day. It's like life and death. Now the impact of sin doesn't stop with just this Life, our quality of life here. It extends beyond this life, beyond our last heartbeat. If sin continues to have its way, if you're continue, it continues to be your master before you, uh, after you leave this earth, then there is an eternal price to pay. You know, I think the greatest Christmas verse in all the Bible is one that is probably the most well-known in the world, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Greatest Christmas verse in the whole Bible. So we're not just talking about Jesus rescuing us from a wasted, ineffective, unfulfilling life now. He also rescues us from an eternal death, separated from God and eternal suffering without any hope of ever getting out of that. He rescues us from that as well. That is where sin leads unless we're rescued from it in this life. There's nothing you can do to get out of that. There's nothing you can... You can't just realize you're playing around in sewage water and run home and get clean. You have to be rescued. Now, after Jesus was born, the story takes us out in the fields where the shepherds are. And the angel comes and he says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So Jesus came to rescue us. His name means salvation. His mission is to save us. How did he do that? Well, when you look at the manger, you see this brand new baby. And you see this symbol of life, new life there. But what we usually don't see is a symbol of death. Now the angels told the shepherds that they were to go look for that they would have a sign that there'd be a baby wrapped in swaddling claws. And so that wasn't just a technique to wrap a child in. That was showing something else. Swaddling claws were also grave clothes. And it's how they wrapped a body before they buried it in the ground. Mark 10.45, Jesus said, He came to give His life as a ransom for many. He came to pay the price for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. If we fast forward 33 years from the manger to the cross, that is where He died. So that we wouldn't have to. On that cross, all of our sins are laid on Him. Billy Graham would say things like, The best person who ever lived took on all of our sin, became guilty of all of our sin. So Jesus became guilty of awful things like adultery and lying. Of things like murder and hatred, sexual abuse, drug abuse. You think of a sin and Jesus became guilty of it and died for it on the cross. It's what He came for. It's how He rescues us. It's how He gives 
light, gives us life and gets us out of the sewage water and keeps us for all eternity. In John 17, 3, he was praying with his disciples and he gave us the definition of eternal life there. He said, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus didn't just rescue us for us, for our benefit. He rescued us for him, to be with him. He gave up his life so we could have life to the full, a life that's full of God himself. The angel also told Joseph that the baby would be God in the flesh, called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He came to rescue us, and he came to be with us. So no matter how good we are at trying to to have a great life here, you know, filling up on the good food and the entertainment, enjoying family and friends, nothing compares to knowing God. Nothing compares to doing life with Him. Nothing. And you know what COVID has given us? It's given us a great test for our search for life. So many of those things that we put, our, put all of our pursuits and all of our energies into have been taken away. And so now, well, what do we got left? Is it emptiness? Is it fear? Is it doubt? What is life like during COVID? Because all you need to have a great life is Jesus. It's Jesus. Listen to these verses. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 63, verse 3 says, Your love is better than life. Psalm 16, 7 to 11. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy, and my mouth shouts his praises. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your godly one to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. That is life With God, eternal life, abundant life, life to the full, and nothing can touch that. Not COVID, not suffering, not loss, not death, nothing can touch it. Now all of that, believe it or not, all of that flows right out of the nativity scene, right out of there. You know, the, the, the nativity scenes that we have on display at our homes and different places, we, we see them. Jesus came to rescue us. Jesus came to be with us. Well, think about your life and the ways that you have searched for life, to have a, a good life. Is there, is there confusion about it? You know, you keep trying things and it doesn't, doesn't work out. Doesn't meet your expectations. It always seems to go wrong. Leaves you looking for more. Or could you say this? Could you say that, you know what? My life is really all about Christmas. It's all about Christmas. Jesus not only called himself the life, but he also called himself the way. So the Bible says in John, 1 John 5, 11 to 12, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. 
So whoever has God's Son has life. Whoever does not have His Son does not have life. So to get off the the confusion merry-go-round of trying to figure out what life is, Jesus said, all that you really need to do is believe in who He is and trust in what He's done. He is the way to life. He is the one who was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, God in the flesh. He came and He lived our life. He put on our skin. He felt pain. He felt hunger. He he sweat. He was tempted like we are, but He never gave in to sin. He lived up to His name and fulfilled His mission when He gave Himself over to sinful man and He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried in a tomb and three days later He walked out of the cemetery claiming victory over death. His manger scene has more to do with death than it does life. And his grave has more to do with life than it does death. He is with us now. And he is ready now to come into your life. If you will receive him. He will forgive you your sins past, present and future. And he will lead you in a new way to live. And will make all this life seem worth living. I want to have Isaiah and Lindsay come up. You know, at our house, we are getting ready to celebrate a wedding of my son Gavin to Megan um, on New Year's Day. So it's just about a week off. And so over the next few days, our house is going to be this place of gathering. A new family, bridesmaids, groomsmen, they're all going to start showing up. And we've known about this for a while, so this year for me has kind of been a year at home of remodeling, you know, kind of doing some house projects, so working on the kitchen and updating some things in our home. Um, and so in, in the middle of all of that, which started back in July, um, a lot of times I'd get tired and I'd lose motivation, but I just kept thinking about the end of the year, this event, this one of the most important events of our lives is coming, and we're going to have people receiving them into our home. So I wanted to get things looking nice. I wanted things to get fixed up. And so I would see something, you know, that I've been looking at for years, and I thought, you know, I should change that. I need to fix that up. Guests were coming, and we wanted to receive them well. You know what I'm talking about, right? You, you, you clean the house, you take the garbage out, you put the annoying dog away. You want to receive people. It's in our nature, right? It's in our nature to do that. Well, think tonight about your life. <clears throat> and, and think of it as, as a nativity before Mary and Joseph show up. What's it look like? Is it, is it in a, a little disrepair? Is the roof a little leaky? Do the stalls need to be cleaned out? Does the straw need to be refreshed? If your life was a nativity before Mary and Joseph show up, is it up to snuff to receive the Savior? Many of us would... Say, no, it's in our nature to want to get it right before He comes, before we would have Him in our life. I mean, this is God. But Jesus isn't like that at all. He isn't like that at all. It doesn't matter what condition 
your nativity is in. It doesn't matter what condition your life is in. In fact, it might look a little bit like the nativity behind me. I don't know if you'll be able to see this online or not, but we have this nice lighted nativity on the wall here. And if you'll notice, the star's not lit up. Is that it? Your nativity, but no star. I really wanted to fix that before you guys came tonight. That's in our nature, isn't it? But you know, it doesn't matter how much needs to be fixed. It doesn't matter how much ugliness there might be in your life, how much pain, doubt, fear, worry, how many mistakes, how many messes there are. None of that. All it takes to receive Christ into your life is a little bit of faith. He calls it, he calls it a mustard seed and an open heart. And He will come in and He will make you a new person. He will forgive you of your sin. He will free you from them. He will give you His Holy Spirit. And He will secure your future with Him forever. And He'll make your star light up. If I had my act together, I would have had that light up right then, but I don't. Well, Isaiah and Lindsay, they're going to sing a song over us tonight. And I'd like for you, as you're listening, to just consider, you know, receiving Christ into your life tonight. If you've not done that before, you know, and you're thinking, my, you know, I've got to get things right. No, he's not like that. He'll come into whatever it looks like, just as it is. So they're going to sing and just consider receiving take a moment just the greatest Christmas gift ever. See if yet. the Lord Jesus is here. He is there, with you, you know, in your heart. And he's so I got a prayer for us to, to pray together. You can pray it at home. You know, if, if, uh, if you can see that your life is, it needs Jesus in the middle of it, then would you, would you pray this with me uh, tonight? Let's just go to the Lord and pray this. Heavenly Father, I need Jesus in my life. I'm coming to you as I am with all of my mistakes and messes. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and came to save me from my sins. Cleanse me, forgive me, and make me new. I trust you with my heart and my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to help me live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and, and you know that this is a moment you can sense God working in your life, give me a Christmas gift and let me know that. Reach out to me if you're online, and uh, that would be such a blessing. Merry Christmas.